Say, heady babes, heady brews. This is Heath Armstrong, and I am on the Entrepreneur Now podcast, episode 62. 62 in the books. One for you, one for me, one for everybody around who's doing something funky, doing something creative, keeping it a little bit artsy, and changing the world one little creative endeavor at a time. Uh, Once again, thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And I am super excited to share with you uh, someone who I have looked up to for quite some time now uh, by the name of Dan Norris. He is the founder of WP Curve. He is the author of The 7 Day Startup. And what really intrigues me about Dan is he basically failed and failed and failed and then he launched this this startup, WP Curve, in literally like seven days and wrote about it. And it's amazing. His lifestyle is amazing. He's somewhat of a digital nomad. He's up and down. He's all around. He does some funky things. And he likes to drink beer. He's not into bourbon and riding horses, though, which became a theme of the episode rather quickly. Uh, so everybody listen up. It's awesome. We cut out a little bit in the middle because we had some technical problems. But it, it is a just a funny good conversation to listen through uh, where we really get to know Dan and and his side a little bit. So I'm pumped to share all of this with you. And before we start, I just wanted to read an iTunes review because guys, I absolutely am just so humbled when when people leave me reviews on iTunes or even send me an email and just talk to me and let me know what you think. Let me know if I'm having an influence on you at all, because that is why I do this. There is no money being made from this podcast. It is literally a network so I can try and filter all the thoughts and all the things that I learn about how you can follow your passion. You can create a life that you love if you work at it every single day, if you set goals, if you know where you're going, and if you have a good group of people around you. So this interview, uh, I wanted to start off with a quote from NYC Cat, and It says, awesome, from the heart, no BS. Heath does an amazing job at getting to the heart of the matter. He gets the speaker to engage and talks about what really matters to them, which in turn makes the podcast interesting, authentic, and fun. I love his personality, his can-do attitude. It's truly inspiring. So NYC Cat, thank you so much for leaving that. You have no idea what, what that means to me, and I really do appreciate it, so... Right now, we can get into the interview with Dan Norris from WP Curve. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com forward slash 62 in. Here we go. Yo, break the rules, but first break the stinky stinky rulers. Every day is a bonus round. Well, here we go now. to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, I do. I do. get on with your bad selves. Yeah. If you hate skinny and you hate fat, but you're doubling down on the curves, I've got a guest that's going to make your wildest dreams take him to a whole nother level from blowing chunks of change to making it rain to racking his brain to bring the wordpress fix that all of us chicks and all of us dicks have been longing for for all of our lives he's the author of the seven day startup 
and the founder of WP Curve. Everybody pull down your pants and do a dance for Dan Norris. Dan, you are the entrepreneur now. What is up, man? <laughs> well, okay. You kind of warned me, but I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> you don't have to really pull your pants down. That was the first time, <laughs> right. I, was the first time I threw that one in there. Well, it's working the nude day here next week, so I might as well get started early. <laughs> I guess it, over there, you're much more likely to see somebody pull down their pants than, than you would here. Possibly. Normally, normally, like after you know midnight, not not during the middle of the day. But <laughs> well, I mean, after midnight, I've woken up, you know, obviously face down, pants down in the bushes as well. But I don't usually tell anybody about it afterwards. So we've all done it. This is just a private call, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> No, nobody's listening to this, so you can bear all. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. The Dan's coming from out of Australia and, I mean, obviously have done some amazing things. Uh, you've got an obsession for content marketing and you've, you've written this book, The 7-Day Startup, that's gotten lots of uh, publicity, lots of reviews on Amazon I saw. You were voted Australia's top small business blogger by their – magazine smarter business ideas in 2013 and then you you've got this amazing story about how you founded wp curb now you're also the founder of informally uh, which i'm guessing you're still running around like crazy with that too so you're probably a busy man how's that going for you um i'm, I'm reasonably busy but i kind of cheated on the blogger thing because i i emailed my list and told them if anyone voted for me i'd send them a free beer and <laughs> apparently like my votes outstripped the next next person's votes by like a thousand votes or something like that <laughs> uh, you, i mean i don't know if that's really cheating that's being smart man mm. did, did you have to that's buy what a i thought i put a little put a little disclaimer in the bottom saying you know i'm not actually going to send you the beer <laughs> so i was going to say you could have just had like a giant keg party and everybody could have taken their pants off and then you guys would have been money i could <laughs> it seems to be a theme of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens man on this one it's not it's not too shabby. I actually had an interview with with a guy named Drew Lewis out in in um Los Angeles. He's a marketer and the the name of the podcast was actually Why You Should Not Wear Pants. So I think that's why it's just drilled into my head now. It becomes a reoccurring theme. <laughs> but maybe for this one we should. So It's your call. <laughs> it's your show, man. You just tell me what to do and I'll do it. <laughs> all right. Well, hey man. So You've done all these amazing things, and you founded these two companies. Uh, I, I saw that you worked for a year. You blew sixty thousand dollars on software business that was generating, you know, a monthly loss, and you were on the verge of almost having to, to go out and find another job, I guess. And, and that's when you came up with WP Curve. Can you take us back to then and, and kind of how it felt putting everything you had in there, almost failing, and then reviving it back up? What what sparked the idea? Yeah, well, I mean, I, it was just the, the idea just kind of came out of desperation because I had to do something within a couple of weeks and I'd given a year and all of my money um, to, to the previous project. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know how I actually thought of the idea. I think I was just kind of pretty in tune. People were always asking me to do, you know, website stuff, but because I was working on the software, I was, I was you know, just telling everyone I couldn't do anything. So... It seemed like a good fit, and I mean, as for yeah, as for how it felt at the time, it just it seems it seems like a long time ago now. It's sort of, it's sort of hard to remember. I know I was pretty worried before I launched it, and then after I launched it, pretty much from from day one, I knew that it was 
going to be a success and it, and it's turned out it's turned out that way how long ago was it when you launched it it's about 16 months ago now so how did you start did you did you just was it just you first of all just working on you know updating people's wordpress sites and then you started getting some help and then it just kind of kept growing now, how did that exactly work yeah well i had a guy working for me um, who was a really good developer and I didn't want to lose him. I had to lose one of my developers because I just couldn't afford to keep him, which sucked because he was really good as well. Um, but I wanted to keep, I wanted to at least keep Andrew who had been with me through three different companies. And so he was the guy doing the, the fixes. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just the guy, you know, telling him what to do and taking the jobs from the clients. And I mean, I would, I can't remember if I did any of the fixes myself. I probably did some of the simple stuff myself, but it's been too long since I've been sort of in the code in WordPress. So I can do some of the plugin things and the advice and whatnot, but I couldn't do any of the codes. So it was just the two of us. And then um, just every every week and every month, we kind of expanded. And as we signed up more clients, I brought on a co-founder and brought on more and more developers. And I think we're up to 27 as of yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So how many yeah. how many how many customers do you have signed up now monthly reoccurring um i'll just check i think it's about 650 all up we have um we have um like we do some one-off jobs yeah but it's mostly recurring so there you go 675 so it's gone up 25 in one day apparently <laughs> nice it's That's pretty crazy at the moment. <laughs> yeah 645 recurring customers 675 all up and how many did you start with? Just a few, I guess, because you guys were diddling around, just the two of you? Yeah, well, well, I had zero. And then um, after one week, I had 10. So that was the first week. And then um, I think we probably got up to about 20 or 30 before I needed to hire any more developers. And I, I can't remember how many we had when Alex, my co-founder, came on board. Probably about the same. Um, but after a couple of months, we, we kind of – it was pretty obvious that it was taking off. So when you first launched it, what kind of jobs were they were they shooting to you? What were people needing help with the most? Because I know with WordPress, you know, it's there's a lot of managing, but once you get to know it pretty well, uh, you can get pretty good at it, and you don't have to be like a hardcore developer to be able to work premium things and things like that. But a lot of times with businesses and people who are busy that have another primary type of work, you know, they don't want to sit there and and obviously upload their posts or you know move menus around or anything like that. So. What were the main things that you were doing to start with and have you changed much since then? Have you added anything on? Not really. I mean, there's probably two components. One is just fixing bugs and things that aren't displaying properly for people, which is really common, even for people who know how to use WordPress. It's really mm-hmm. common for them to go in there and upload an image and it doesn't look right or, or install a plugin and it breaks with something else or even not install a plugin because they're too worried it's going to break with something else. Um, or... Th- the other side of it is just the proactive things like getting advice on plugins and setting up analytics and setting up Yoast SEO and all these kind of things that go along with having a good site that that a lot of people just either don't know about or don't want to do the research and you know they got businesses to run so they, they have us to be the person that makes all those kind of gives them that advice and, and makes those changes for them. So you guys do backups and stuff like that too? Yeah, anything. I mean, we, we we're not a hosting company, so we normally say, like, we'll do a backup before we touch the site anytime we do a job, and we'll we'll send a recommendation for making sure the host is doing daily backups, and we have a plugin that they can use to do backups, um, and we'll do a backup once a month at a minimum. But um, yeah, so so say so if it's like something that a developer should be doing, then we'll do it. If it's something that someone else should be doing, then we'll provide the client with advice 
on how to properly set it up. Yeah. Well, cool, man. It's definitely a niche product that I think it's going to continue to grow. Obviously you look today and you had 25 new pops on there and I've seen it all over the place. I mean, people mention it like crazy and, and uh, more than, more than one place on different, you know, podcast websites, I've seen it mentioned. Um, and so much success to you in the future with that. Yeah. It's been pretty full on. Like it was sort of, we'd, we'd get talked about on the occasional podcast. I do the occasional interview and then you know, every month it just kind of one thing led to another and another and another. And like last week or the last two weeks, Chris Duck has just put out a huge thing um, promoting us and, you know, through all of his channels. Um, and Pat Flynn had me on his podcast and we're getting loads of stuff through there. Yeah. And um, there's just, it's just, it just seems every month it goes to a whole new level. Like it's, it's kind of hard to keep up with. <laughs> well, you want to talk about informally for a minute? Yeah, I mean, well, informally it was shut down pretty much, <clears throat> pretty much straight after I launched WP Curve because I was looking for something that was going to grow each month, and that wasn't the product. And so that was what, that was what was getting really tight with with almost making you have to find a job was when you were doing that full time. Yeah, yeah, but um, so the I kind of built it. I spent a long time building it, and and this is what the book is about, really. The fact that I I made a whole bunch of bad decisions around you know, assumptions and didn't really pay enough attention to what problems people have and, and whether or not they were paying for the product and sticking with the product and that sort of thing. And so eventually I, I found myself in the position where I had to shut it down and do something else. Um, but the, yeah, the cool thing was that I, I was able to do WP curve really quickly because the way we kind of designed the business. So we, it only took me a week to launch it and it only took me a week to sign up enough customers to kind of prove to me that it was going to be a, a good business. Yeah. yeah. But I think some of those, you know, when you get down like that and you hit those pain points, like that's, that's huge. And that's where you learn most of the value. So you were obviously able to, to jump out of it. And I, I guess I always hear that people get so damn close before something actually sparks and happens. Like, I mean, down to the last dollar. So <laughs> you were riding the line too, huh? Yeah, that seems to happen to me with with life generally. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. If, hopefully, it won't continue to happen that way. But it seems to be the way it goes. Well, what do you think? Like going forward with WP Curve, what do you think your ultimate long term goal is with that? I mean, obviously, you've built it so it's scalable. Uh, do you just plan on continuing to just spread it out like crazy? Just keep hiring, keep doing what you're doing. Do you have any other plans for add-ons or anything? Yeah, we don't have any. You know precise plans we've got we've got ideas about what we want to do i met my co-founder last week for the first time actually over in hawaii so we really? sat down <laughs> yeah we, we we sat down and drunk beer for 90 percent of the time but then for about five to ten percent of the time we talked about business and did some planning and came up with a whole bunch of things we want to change and we want to do towards the end of this year and next year so we, we yeah we've got some ideas but it's it's going to be dependent on a whole bunch of different things but most of them involve just improving what we're doing, doing exactly what we're doing, but doing it a little bit better and figuring out, a, you know, more scalable ways to grow and things like that. What kind of beer were you drinking? Oh, uh, just every beer. We went, we went to Yard House. I don't know. Do you have that there? Yard House. No, I don't think so. so apparently it's a chain, but the, where I live, the, the most amount of taps they have um, is 12 and Yard House had 135. So I got pretty carried away. Oh wow! Yeah, there's a beer. There, there's a uh, a German pub right down the road here that has like over 500 types of beer. They're not on draft. They're not all of them, 
right uh, a lot of bottles but it's still pretty sweet i mean you can go down there and that's yeah, that's how you end up with your pants off man yeah well i, I we went there every single night for seven days straight so i, I drank a good <laughs> good chunk of those <laughs> good chunk of those yeah. ones. i like i like the darker stuff uh, i do i i don't know what i was just curious what kind of beer is popular out there across the, the world because i know it's funny i had a guy come in here from ireland and he well we said, just we just brewed our own beer, which is an eggnog stout. So you'd probably like it. Oh yeah, yeah, I love stouts. So I bet they, they, the guy from Ireland came in, and all he wanted to do is drink Budweiser, and it was blowing my mind. I couldn't understand oh, that's not, that. That's not acceptable. Because all I wanted was Guinness from Ireland at, at the you know distillery right there. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, that'll do me. That's absolutely <laughs> not acceptable. You're right. <laughs> well, how did you meet? So how did you meet Alex, your co-founder? Like, what happened? Uh, it was the first time you met him. Were you guys just doing work uh, across the internet together when you started this? And you were like, hey, we should just do this together and start a business. How did that come about? Um, I had a post up on my site and he just commented on it and said he was keen to help me out. And then one thing led to another and he was helping me. And I, it, it was kind of obvious that I needed someone there full time to help me on that side of the world because we were running 24-7. And we just decided to go in together. <laughs> Wow, this is this is such an amazing like it makes it seem so possible to do anything. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just so simple and straightforward. Most people are like, you know, I you know built this brick wall and built it down, and it took me ten years to do this and make my first dollar. But but you're you're showing that there's a there's a much easier path to that. Although obviously you you had some trouble before then, but um, some yeah. businesses just work, man. And this is one of those. It wasn't out there, and you put the idea and you started doing it, and it, it, yeah, awesome. Yeah, and I'd also put a lot of work in before that into my content and my audience and email lists and things. So I had I had like a bit of an asset there I could use to kick it off with. Yeah, and that made a big difference. And obviously, luck plays a part as well. Everything seems to so far have gone pretty much how we planned it, which has never happened to me before. So I think there's a bit of luck in there. Yeah, well, could be meant to be, man. <laughs> so, well, do you have any? You know, my audience is mostly creatives, uh, writers, author. I mean artists, musicians, things like that. And I think a lot of their problems are around the confidence of being able to go out there and do things uh, because we tend to have a lot of emotions towards our work and putting it out there and hoping that people like it and things like that. What What do you think you have to do to get out of your comfort zone? I mean, how important would you say it is to, to literally just say, screw what everybody else thinks? No, I will do what I want. And go for it and just believe in it 100%. Well, it's kind of difficult because I <clears throat> I, um, I don't necessarily come from the school of thought that says, like, you do have to get out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and that's probably what I used to struggle with. Everything I'd read was, you know, get out of the building and go and sell shit. And <laughs> I'm just not good at it. And I'm still not good at it. And here I am in the building. Everything's going quite well. So um, I think you're much better off just figuring out how you can be useful to people. And for me, it's by creating content, doing interviews like this and writing the book and um, all that kind of stuff. No, it's not by going out and sitting down and having coffee with people and trying to sell them shit. Um, so I think if you can find something you're good at that helps other people and use that to, you know, get the word out about whatever you're selling, then that's a model that probably suits people in your audience and, I think it's just a case of trying a bunch of things and working out what gets traction for me. I tried everything 
And the thing that I noticed got the most amount of traction was interviews like this and just written content on my site, long detailed posts. Yeah. And we've we've just doubled down on those and, and we're getting really good results on on for those sort of things still. Yeah, I think if, if anybody can just evaluate themselves and what they can provide the most value to, then that's definitely the way you want to go. Uh, whether, you know, some people are introverts and they're not meant to go out and, and sell stuff and, you know, pester yeah. people like you're talking about. I was, I've always been quite the introvert actually, but I find my niche and I know what I'm good at and, and it's a lot of fun doing things like this. And, and when I do this podcast, I'm not really stepping out of my comfort zone at all. So and yeah. all the value it's bringing back is, is pretty essential. Yeah, the podcasting was something I, I kind of dropped off with the podcast, but I did about 50 or 60 episodes mm-hmm. of my own show as well. And it was really, really valuable. Like I've got heaps of good networks out of it. And those networks ended up helping me when I launched the book and when I launched the business and everything really. So, and with partnerships, like content partnerships and things and introducing to other people and all that kind of stuff. So it, it was a really useful thing that, that I kind of did early and, um, I definitely would recommend people do if they're confident with that kind of thing. It's pretty easy too. Like it's, it's a fair bit of work to do your own podcast, but it's really easy to do other people's podcasts because you can just kind of rock up um, and do your thing and they kind of do all the hard work. So that's something I like doing. It's, you don't have to be all that organized um, and you don't have to be all that planned and you don't have to worry about the scheduling as much. It's just a lot easier. Yeah. And you can pound beers seven days in a row in in (laughs) Hawaii. Well, I've done since I've got back. I've done. I think this is my fifth podcast interview in two days. So, oh I I I took took it off, took the week off, and um now back into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's crazy. But it, it, you're right. It is it is a bit of a challenge to do it yourself. But when you do set it up and do it, you learn a lot. And of course, there's processes behind it and VAs that help do things. But that that costs money as well. So going on and and uh, sharing it with the world and creating that network network is like the big, I mean, that changed my life in general, just the network. And I had John Corcoran on and he's like the networking Mac daddy. And he, he was a writer for Bill Clinton in the white house yeah. by the time he was 23. And, and man, the, all the, all the bombs he was dropping about networking and the value is just pure gold. And I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with, with the value of it. So, well, if you could, if you could uh, spend a little bit of time creating something with with anybody, nice. yeah. Well, fun, funnily enough, the first bit of content. Whoops, you there? Sorry, I just lost you for a bit. I got you now. Yeah, I think I, I was going to say cut out for a second there. Uh, yeah, what, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, funnily enough, the first bit of content that I created that was that actually got traction was a guide that I did for podcasting on my site. So. <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send you the link to it and my beer because you know what you was need the, to know about what that was the uh, content. What's that? What was the content? It it was just a guide that that just taught people exactly how to start a podcast, like every, every last detail you can possibly think of, pretty much. Oh wow! Who who was it? Oh, you sent the link here. Cool. Yeah, this was this was the first post that I did that like I did a lot of posts that didn't get any traction, but this was one of the first ones that did that that did get traction. Um, and this this went up on my old informally domain, and it, at the time it had like 200, 300 tweets or something, and I was like, wow, this content marketing thing could actually work. <laughs> you got Leo on there. <laughs> yeah, man, it's funny. Like when when you do get that one post that gets traction, it's pretty crazy how things can turn around, isn't it? 
Can you hear me all right still? Oh, I just I just lost you again. Sorry. Uh, I, I lost your traction. I don't know what's going on. It sounded like you were just pounding beer over there. Yeah, no, it's just coffee. <laughs> coffee stout. With Jameson in it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. I'll check out that blog post in Ultimate Beginner's Guide to Podcasting, and I'll probably post that in the show notes as well at artsynow.com forward slash Dan Norris. So, all right, dude. Well, if you could if you could spend a little bit of time creating something with anybody of your choice from the past, from the present, from, you know, the bar you were at. Uh, <laughs> who, who do you think you would choose as far as people that you've looked up to or people that you think are pretty inspirational? And what do you think that you would create with them? I'd probably create a song with Kanye West. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> would you high-five him the whole time? Oh, maybe a fist bump. Yeah. I saw this ridiculous <laughs> video today, and I'll try to link you to it, actually. This guy in North Memphis, Tennessee over here, he uh he's got like fifteen different kids with twenty five or twenty five different kids with fifteen different women. Oh wow. <laughs> and it's like the most gangster thing you'll ever see. And they're two they're, kids and, and one woman and, and both of those as well and truly enough. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't pay he doesn't pay for any of them and, and like he just lives off the government. It's it's I don't know if it just makes me laugh and I think he's a legend or if it just pisses me off at the same time, but you'll have to watch that video. Uh, I just linked you to here whenever you get off here. It's hilarious. It's not long, but it's, (laughs) it's, it's ridiculous. All right. I'll I'll do that. Yeah, man. Cool. (laughs) Well, if you, if you had to battle Godzilla, Dan, Godzilla is a big, crazy bastard. How do you think you would use your creativity or your talents to defeat him? Um, I'd probably just try to get a whole bunch of attention to myself, <laughs> like like I do with my businesses, and then distract him, and then run away as fast as I could. <laughs> the shock. I'm all. a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it would probably work. <laughs> shock. Well, you could. I mean, if you gave him enough beer, he might actually succumb as well. That's or, true. That would be a lot of beer, though, and it'd be quite expensive. <laughs> I'd probably rather just drink the beer myself. Although, if I had like a bunch of Budweiser handy or something, I'd be happy to part with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, if I could find that Irish guy, I'd let him hear that because he thought I was crazy for being like, "What the hell are you drinking that Budweiser for?" If you're from Ireland, and he was like, "What are you drinking that for?" You know. I'm well, like, I paid twenty one dollars for a Guinness in Singapore Airport a couple of weeks ago, so you should tell him that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've never had the opportunity to drink it. You know, they drink it warm straight out of the the batch up there. And apparently it's something that's heavenly, <laughs> you know, far beyond drinking it cold or forever, ever. You know, they drink it cold here. Yeah. And it's bottled, but they said it's just like a whole nother level going through that. So, yeah. Adam Adamati went there recently. It's a freaking huge setup they have there. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. They got like a lookout up the top. Gigantic tanks. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Well, I live right in the heart of where they make all the bourbon. And so you can go, they just got these warehouses and warehouses full of barrels and barrels and barrels of bourbon. That sounds like a very bad place to live. (laughs) (laughs) Someone recently heisted like $60,000 worth of Pappy Van Winkle, which is a really high priced (laughs) bourbon out here and. And they think it was like an inside job, but that's all people have to talk about here either. You got horses and you have bourbon. There's nothing else. So 
do you, do you mix them together or is that oh, yeah. <laughs> totally totally that's separate? We, that's how horse that's how horse racing got started, man. <laughs> right, yeah. I'd need a lot of bourbons to to go anywhere near a horse yeah. a horse in a race. You can lose a lot of money real quick. <laughs> Not saying that I do, but I yeah, I definitely do lose a lot of money there. I don't don't win, that's for sure. I don't think yeah. you can, but you know. No. As long as you have the bourbon, it's fine. That's where they get you. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, do you, I, I really appreciate you coming on, man, and and I'm glad to let everybody learn about WP Curve because I think a lot of people do have websites and they do need minor coaching or minor help with it. And I I've been in contact personally with like you know six, seven, eight of my email subscribers who literally have their blog set up and they just need help here and there. And so I think that anybody out there should definitely check out WP Curve and do something crazy and you know probably shouldn't pound a bunch of beer before you ask them for your request or you might not get what you want. <laughs> but if you drink enough beer, you can completely function. You know, you'll get to that point like Dan. <laughs> right. Some solid advice you're dishing out on this episode, man. <laughs> How to be an alcoholic and make websites. That'll be good, the title. Good life choices coming your way. <laughs> Do you have any, aside from that, do you have any advice that you'd like to give them uh, before we part ways, dude? No, I think you've done a, you've given some excellent <laughs> advice. Don't, don't drink bourbon and ride horses and don't drink Budweiser. <laughs> you can, just, just imagine the images that come out on the social media that just says, yeah. don't drink bourbon and ride horses, Dan Norris. <laughs> It'll get some clicks, man. Shock and all. That's how you run it, right? Yeah, man. I could get my VA to do some stuff up in Canva for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's exactly where it's going to come from. <laughs> so. Right. All right, man. Well, how can how can the listeners get in contact with you? Yeah, just uh, dan at wpcurve.com is my email address. Um, wpcurve.com forward slash blog is where we put all of our content and just the main site if you're inter- interested in the service. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, everybody out there, do something crazy. Be creative. Keep your pants on, though, because you'll get in trouble as much as we like to tell you to take them off and run around. Probably not the best idea in the world. Uh, Surrender to the passion. Break the rules, but first break the rulers. And Dan, thanks so much for being the entrepreneur now, but always remember to keep it funky, man, and and continue to drink that dark beer, not Budweiser. All right, man. We'll keep rocking those intros and outros. Good work. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Archerpreneur Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.